The mutual obsession between the Western world and the East is two thousand years old. It began with Christianity, was fueled by Islam, was manifest in the Crusades and the Ottoman assault on Europe, and resulted in the humiliating experience of colonialism. It is an intoxicating brew, comprising faith, power, and legacy. With the past politicized and often misremembered, there is little prospect of a stable and settled relationship emerging between the West and the Middle East. At best, the two are doomed to mingle and to coexist, with temporary accommodation all that can be hoped for. The alternative is confrontation and intolerance, from which all will suffer. While this cultural and moral engagement has resulted in prejudices and antipathies on both sides, it is with the Middle East that the view of the other is most vituperative. This is because the last two hundred years have been predominantly characterized by the penetration of the East by the West. The decline of the Ottoman Empire, compared to its European counterparts, suggested the superiority of the West over the East. This became starkly manifest during the era of European colonialism, when most of the societies of the Middle East were subject to an extended period of submission and subjugation. This was a deeply humiliating experience, especially for peoples used to the unchallenged assumption that their religion, Islam, the only permissible submission, was the last and highest form of divine revelation. This experience created a profound crisis of collective self-esteem, from which the Middle East, and indeed much of the Muslim world more generally, has been struggling to come to terms with and recover from ever since. The Ottoman Empire The history of the Middle East did not begin with the European entanglement. It was ruled by the Ottoman Empire, the state founded by Ottoman, for 400 years, until its demise in 1923. Like Europe's great empires of the day, it was vast in size and multi-ethnic in composition. It went further than its European counterparts in being a political organisation in which members of its different ethnic communities could prosper as long as they pledged their loyalty to the Ottoman state. However, the empire was not entirely equitable in its organisation, Political and social equality only existed among the Muslims of the empire. Christians and Jews, together with Muslims, people of the book, were tolerated and were able to function using their own codes of religious and family law, but they were regarded as second class and were obliged to pay extra taxes. The empire's internal organisation tended to be loose and decentralised, with local hierarchies co-opted into the imperial structure. The centralisation of the administration grew from the 1830s onwards, the product of a reform strategy, Tanzimat, as the Ottoman state came more to emulate its European counterparts. This strengthened organisation tended to focus on the main power centres of the empire, like Damascus, its ports and arterial routes. Islam increasingly became the ideological cement of the empire, especially in the late 19th century. 
Attempts at internal democratic reform were quashed by the Sultan of the Day in the 1870s. It was only in 1908 that a form of constitutional government was belatedly and briefly adopted. The Modern Engagement The modern engagement between Europe and the Middle East is usually dated from the Napoleonic expedition to Egypt in 1798. This reflected the intellectual and militaristic expansionism of revolutionary France and Western Europe's increasing romance with Egyptology, as the holdings of the British Museum now attest. The French foray was limited in scope and time, in part because of Admiral Nelson's stunning naval victory on the Nile. It did help trigger a reciprocal relationship, as first Muhammad Ali, the Egyptian leader, and then the Ottoman Empire, more generally too, sought European...